0: Welcome to the Decent Crypto Podcast. Today is Sunday, October 30th, and we are back with another deep dive. Cosmos 2.0, baby. Matt, how you doing? I am so excited.
1: It's so good to be back. Um, it's been a
0: long time, man. It took me a really, this
1: is my this is my bad, it took me a really long time to read the Cosmos 2.0 white paper. <laughs> That's
0: my bad. Yeah, we've uh, but been we're... <laughs> researching for one month. And with all of that research in our minds, in our hearts, and in our iCloud, we are ready to bang this one out. Matt, you've been more excited for this one than any other episode I've ever seen. This I mean, I was- episode, every other person has been most excited about. So many people been hitting us up like, yo, when is part two of Cosmos? We want to hear about Adam 2.0. We want to see if the bags will finally pump. Matt. Do you have the answers for us? I think I just
1: might. Um, hey. let's, uh, maybe, maybe we should jump and do like a little bit of like a recap uh, just really quickly of, you know, where the state of Atom was before 2.0 and mm. what, what 2.0 itself is. So you're not going to uh, and- tell us
0: the exact price of Atom at the end of the year right now?
1: I'm not even really sure what the price of Adam is right
0: now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we don't check. Price. This is not a price podcast. Yeah, um, okay. It's not a technical so, analysis podcast. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we did a deep dive on Adam about a month ago. Um, we broke down a bunch of things: the history, the technology, the kind of vision, and what the future holds. So let's break that down in about two minutes. Matt, tell us about cosmos
1: so cosmos the the vision is you know to have an internet of blockchains really for there to be lots of different sovereign chains that are sort of part of the same ecosystem or universe that can communicate cross-chain in a safe way uh but still sort of have their own um like self-governance really so it's a it's a vision for almost like city-states right uh where like each blockchain can be its own little world, uh, but they're built on the same high-quality technology stack, and they're linked through IBC, which is like a trade network, effectively in this in this way. But it's you know uh, it's a it's a cross-chain like messaging protocol that that's relatively secure. So, Got it. Um, the problem though is that you know you really have two things going on here, right? There's there's Cosmos like the the technology stack and like the ecosystem and all of that. And then there's Cosmos, uh, just the Cosmos hub, which is where you stake the Atom token, which is like the the native Cosmos token. Mm. Um, and to date, they've been relatively disconnected, right? So you have a lot of tech. For example, Polygon is built on the Cosmos SDK, but mm. usage of Polygon doesn't do anything for the Atom token. In fact, the Atom token is pretty much useless other than staking it,
0: right? Mm. Um, okay.
1: So, uh, you know, there's a lot of people out there that would say, hey, like, um, this seems kind of like a waste, the, you know, there's like a lot of great tech being built, we should use it to somehow drive value toward this token and, you know, really gen- uh, create, a, create a larger economy around the Atom token itself. Okay. Um, does so that that's sound the like a recap? <laughs> it
0: does. And so that's the impetus for a lot of the stuff that's happening right now right? There's yep. a ton of conversation around what should happen with the Atom token, what is the future of the Atom token itself, what should it be used for, what does the future of the Cosmos ecosystem look like more broadly and how can the Atom token be, I guess, more central to it. Um, there is a lot we also got into on the tech side on how the Cosmos ecosystem is broken up on the parts that make it you know, like make up cosmos yeah. Tendermint, um, see
1: so, you know, yeah,
0: so Tendermint is the um, consensus mechanism right that um, cosmos that the cosmos ecosystem uses, and they, they built uh, mm-hmm. there's the cosmos hub that is kind of the central blockchain. Um it's like a interzone uh, it's like the hub for interzone transfers. Um, there is the IBC, which is the inter blockchain communication protocol. Is that what it stands for? Um, Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, sure. (laughs) Um, where the, all these other, all these different blockchains that are IBC connected can talk to each other. Um, and there are a bunch of applications that have been built on top of that, mostly just to transfer the tokens from the different blockchains from one to another. Um, there's a bunch of applications or a bunch of protocols, in fact, that use parts of the Cosmos ecosystem stack, right? So like Binance chain uses Cosmos, uh, Luna rest in peace, or I guess not rest in peace. They're making a, trying to make a comeback. Um, dude, not, not rest in though, peace.
1: It's been proliferating. There's Luna and Luna classic now. Yeah, it's true. There's two lunars, Like, like it or not, what doesn't kill them (laughs) only makes them stronger.
0: (laughs) Hey, so not rest in peace, but built on Cosmos. Um, Polygon, like you said, um, built on Cosmos. And built on Cosmos is a very wide-ranging term. People use it to mean they could be using Tendermint. They could be using the Cosmos SDK. um, They could be uh, IBC-connected. Um, so there's a bunch of different kind of meanings of, uh, you know, co- built on Cosmos. Um, DYDX,
1: right. Also built oh, yeah, on Cosmos. DYDX, right? yeah, so so now. Prime example now. of like separate from, you know, not connected to IBC, right? So it's its own mm-hmm. sovereign chain that has no, has no, you know, connection to the rest right. of the stuff that's built on Cosmos. It's, it's a mm-hmm. very disparate world today, right? Mm-hmm. Like each blockchain is sort of like, you're free to implement as you wish, um, and, you know, for a lot of people, like there's no, there's no incentive to connect to IBC,
0: right? Yeah. Uh, and there are some, there are some very kind of, you know, IBC connected ch- uh, chains that are kind of re- tying all this together. The flagship one being Osmosis, I would say. Um, yeah, as which well as is, like
1: Axelar, right? Yeah, uh, Axelar as well.
0: Yeah. Um, so Those are probably the, the biggest. The ecosystem is quite strong, but it's very disconnected. Um, and, uh, the people who are true cosmos maximalists, I would say they are true maximalists. Like they're, they're really rabid. I don't know if you run into them on Twitter, but they are, they go ham um i mean a lot of people say that cosmos people are the bitcoiners of smart contract platforms it's it's a very fair comparison just also because they've been around for so long like tendermint was built in 2014 i think um so it's one of the longest running projects it's built by people who are like crypto ogs like their founders have like gotten in trouble for saying some really wild shit in the past too um so yeah, that's the rundown. <laughs> yeah. Now, Matt, what is going on right now? Uh just top of mind, what's what's getting you most excited uh before we get into the actual like, facts and everything. Like why is this such a fresh topic for you?
1: Yeah, so um so since we last checked in, right? Um there was the Cosmoverse 2022 event in oh, Medellin, baby. right? Like, Were you right there? before right before Devcon. I was not, mm. uh, but you know, I've heard the talks are really good and you can catch them on YouTube. Um, I in you know, full disclosure, heard this from a bunch of really deep in the Cosmoverse people, but, mm. uh, who else is going to watch all the talks on YouTube? <laughs> like I saw someone watching the talks, like in real time, like sitting on a couch, like watching like all day. Uh, but, um. Wow. you know uh it's it's exciting right um and the, especially because you know this year there was a, a big buzz around atom 2.0 which mm-hmm. is sort of a, a white paper that was proposed it's got like it's got like i'd say like four key things that were proposed and they're and they're all a little bit interconnected um and we'll get into exactly what that means but um this white paper uh was sort of rolled out at CosmoVerse and um it's going to go to community vote, right? So it was set to go to a vote in early October, but uh, that's sort of gotten pushed back. There was a lot of chatter in the forums about, you know, you know, little changes that they wanted to make, and and it looks now like it's going to go to a vote tomorrow, October thirty first. Mm. So uh, spooky. Uh, <laughs> do you think Phantom pumps tomorrow? <laughs>
0: oh, good God Almighty! I haven't thought about Phantom for a long time. and and my life has been better (laughs)
1: um it's it's a ghost chain get it (laughs)
0: hey (laughs)
1: um so uh so anyway so it's gonna go to vote tomorrow and it's really really substantially like changes the way that that the atom token works and is used and sort of like a lot of the vision around what cosmos is going to look like Mm -hmm. um and so uh you know it's definitely worth talking about i would say yeah. Uh, you know, the token was up, I think like hundred percent from the lows going into the announcement of this thing, obviously it's sold off since, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get into a little bit of like why, uh, and, uh, you know, I, I'm excited because the kinds of changes that they suggest making are very fundamental to the way that, to the way that we think about blockchains and the way that mm. we think about distributed consensus and block space and the value, value accrual and like what what really it means to for these things to exist at all. Mm. Uh, it's it's pretty fundamental. Um, so mm. I'm super excited to get into it.
0: All right. So let's get into it, Matt. What exactly is Atom 2.0? At a very high level, what's going on here? Uh, Atom
1: 2.0 is a set of changes to, uh, or, or additions even, uh, to the way that, like, the Cosmos hub works. So remember, mm. the hub is just, like, one chain, right? It's responsible mm-hmm. for, like, cross-chain asset transfers, right? Uh, but that's basically it. It doesn't have a virtual machine, and it's supposed to just, at its core, basically be for, like, for IBC, as well as just, like, literally staking the Atom token, right? Mm. Um, mm. The and, and, you know, the, the, there's a reason for that, right? Which is, like, you want to have your, like primary like area where stuff's getting staked be as simple and like straightforward as possible with minimum possible attack surface area, right? You, you don't really want a lot of complexity in that, in that module of things, right? If you, so, the whole
0: purpose, mm-hmm. right, of the zone here of the, of the hub, I mean, is so that every other chain can reliably safely trust that their chain and their assets, if they ever get sent anywhere, they're secure and also if they need to have security on their own chain i mean this is kind of something that's uh, we'll, we'll talk about but like they can get security for their own chain from the hub is that today right? no today no but like in the future so, yeah yeah so okay, um, let's
1: let's talk about let's talk about interchain security okay sure so this is um, one of the core
0: so, core components of atom 2.0 interchain yeah. security
1: yeah so um so really what it is right uh, is it's supposed to solve this problem of like, if, you're, uh, if you have your, your Cosmos hub and it doesn't do anything because it doesn't have a virtual machine, it doesn't support smart contracts, how do you potentially make things like liquid staking happen, right? Um, you need some kind of logic on top of that, that, like, that blockchain that, that is keeping track of like the staked atom in order to make liquid staking happen. Um, and so one way that you could do it is like introduce smart contracts, introduce Wasm to the there was a proposal to do this to, to throw Cosm WASM onto the Cosmos hub, which is their like virtual machine, right? Um similar like it's their version
0: of the EVM, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um but uh it didn't it didn't pass. Um and it was kind of like uh it was set set aside in favor of instead having this like slightly more modular design where you can have the hub on like doing its thing. And then you can have other chains that have the same validator set as the hub uh, doing their things as well. So, um, so, you know, interchain security is really a way that you can spin up a blockchain that uses the same exact validator set as the Cosmos hub.
0: I see, okay. Yeah. So it really solves this problem of, if you want to launch a chain using all of these tools that Cosmos is providing, it's not that easy to bootstrap a network of uh, validators who are going to stake your token and provide that security and make it efficiently decentralized. Token might not be worth anything. Exactly, is the bigger
1: issue, right? So there, yeah. there's two things that it's trying to solve here. The first is this like notion of like you might want to add features to the Cosmos Hub, mm-hmm. but like you don't want to fuck it up, right? Like you you, mm. you know you can instead just like have those validators validate another another chain, right?
0: Yeah, uh, yeah,
1: and that's really more for like core cosmos like contributors right things like liquid staking like just like native protocol things right then there's another notion which is that like okay like if I'm spinning up a blockchain, this is what you were talking about, right? If I'm spinning up a blockchain, like it's hard to bootstrap that. It's hard to bootstrap a validator set. You either wind up running it yourself or like, you know, raising a bunch of money from VCs who will then validate for you, right? Um, Usually your foundation operates a few of the validators. uh, It's certainly true on Polygon. I I believe true on Avalanche, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, And so instead what you could do is say, hey, look, like I would love to just like pay someone for this security. So I have a native token and I'm willing to pay people like transaction fees or whatever in order to like validate my chain for me and provide me with that security. Mm -hmm. Um, Today, the way that it looks is you have the exact same validator set as the Cosmos hub. So Mm -hmm. every validator on the Cosmos hub has to opt in. It Mm -hmm. basically needs to be a protocol level thing,
0: right? Mm -hmm. Because
1: it needs to be the case that like everyone who's validating the Cosmos hub is also validating every other chain. Mm. Um, yeah, it's a, so that's like one interesting distinction from something like Avalanche, where on Avalanche you can be a subset, right? I see. Um, and I want to say maybe you know I think they're even spinning up a version where like you don't even have to validate the main chain at all. Um, on Polygon, that, you, yeah. do, you don't validate the main chain at all with their with their like modular or with their like app chain product, right? Okay. On Cosmos, everyone's validating everything.
0: Yeah, I see. So right now, like, okay, so you brought up Avalanche, you brought up Polygon, brought up Cosmos, right? What's going on is there's this kind of push towards this more modular blockchain kind of design, right? Where there is maybe one main chain or one main hub that, uh, you know, is a ledger that tracks all assets on, you know, the main chain. Um, and that provides security in some way. Um, but then there are a bunch of other chains because you want a a ton of different applications and they may not all be suited to run on the main chain or to, you know, maybe you don't need that level of security, whatever the case may be, you want these other kind of blockchains that are able to have security from the main chain, but can run, you know, their computations elsewhere. Um, and so everybody's kind of pushing towards this. Avalanche has subnets. Polygon has supernets.
1: Cosmos um, has cosmos. cosmos zones has right?
0: cosmos zones, right? But, so there's um, this, yeah. Well, let's go
1: well ahead. so so one one distinction I would make, right, um, is that uh, like today none of these things actually share any security from the main chain, other than like cosmos zones that are IBC enabled, right? Okay, um, and. And even those, uh, you know, it depends on how you're going to define security, right? But like, if like, if you're IBC enabled, but like your validator set starts like forking the chain or something, there's nothing that, you know, then you don't really get any security from, from the Cosmos hub, right? Like it still comes down to like the, it comes down to the strength of that validator set, right?
0: Okay. And Um, so this is way more of a future state situation.
1: Yeah, and where like, uh, like Polygon's vision isn't that either. Like, there, I would I would call it more of like an app chain thing, where like it actually is like a standalone, much more similar to where Cosmos zones are today.
0: Okay, got it. I see. Yeah. And okay. it, it, in fact, like all, you know, in a way, like Ethereum is moving this way as well with all these different layer twos. You know, yeah. Ethereum being the main chain or the hub, um, and then all these layer twos being different zones, or you know, like. Whatever subnets, whatever, different blockchains. Um, that's kind of the parallel. Um and
1: and the model there does inherit security from Ethereum. That's like one important thing, right? Like obviously with like with like 90 asterisks after that sentence. But like So I was gonna say (laughs) Um, that
0: is a whole different podcast, right? Where it's like, you know, how much does it share security, you know, that we can get into let's let's do layer twos
1: next time. Yeah. Yeah, we'll do layer
0: twos. Um, but, um, okay so that's kind of the vision here though that's like what um they're building for that's why interchange security is such a core piece of it as well um it, it, in in a way that's what distinguishes cosmos from something like polygon or you know like avalanche or you know something else as well
1: yeah um i mean i i would say that like Interchain security is really interesting because it's necessary for a lot of the other parts of Cosmos 2.0, right? Uh, mm. And it's been it's been in the roadmap forever. And you know, like when you talk to Cosmos people, it's like it wasn't initially clear that there would even be demand for that from like uh, from like blockchain developers. Like they, were, um, a lot of the devs were thinking about it like mostly as like an internal feature that like they would use because you have to have every validator agree to validate every chain that gets added. Right. With this with this shared security. So it's not, yeah. um, you, know, you know, like it, everyone was thinking about it like, oh, we don't want to touch the we don't want to touch the hub, but we could just like use the same validator set to like do this other thing, too. Um, mm. That that was more, I think, the, the flavor that they that they thought it would take. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see, like. I think the vision is to eventually relax that assumption that it's exactly the same validator set. Like maybe it's a subset who can opt in, you know. Maybe it's a mix set. You know, there's even like they call it a a security mesh or mesh security, where you Mm. have like a lot, whole bunch of chains, and they're each kind of providing a little bit of security to each other. I see. Um, You know, hard to hard to know exactly how that how that's going to work. But at least for the features that we're talking about, like today. Um, it kind of does need to be the same, the same exact validator set. Right. So, you know, is that, is uh, that real
0: quick one point on that, is that going to limit the number of validators that can be on the hub that can validate Cosmos, you know, that can validate the, so this is where it
1: gets really interesting, right? Mm -hmm. Um, like this is, I think one of the more interesting aspects to think about. So, um, uh you know you wonder what about scalability right like is this gonna inherently limit like is there a is there a maximum number of chains that the same validator set
0: can right exactly can enable, right
1: mm-hmm. um and you know the the answer is maybe to uh, yeah, so so, say
0: both scalability and decentralization right like it's kind of gonna really look like the core, core trade off decentral- very very clear right like <laughs>
1: The core issue with decentralization and Tendermint right, is Tendermint, right? So Tendermint mm-hmm. itself, like, limits you to the number of validators that you're able to have. Yeah, which is like, uh, like
0: 175 right now.
1: It's 175 right now. Yeah. Uh, and the idea is, uh, you know, if you think about the graph, right, of validators, they each need to, like, cross-communicate and everyone needs to kind of understand every block in order for that instant finality to happen, right? Everyone needs to reach consensus after once the block is produced, right? Um, before the next block is produced. Mm. So there's so much cross communication going on that like, you're inherently limited by where, where are the validators? What's the data latency? How much data is being passed through? You can imagine if each block was a gigabyte, it wouldn't be possible for all of that information to cross communicate across all of the validators in a three second block time, you would have to slow down the blocks. Mm. So, does does that make sense right like so the, yeah. so the the decentralization part that i would say is like really the the core issue um okay, now if I you think see. about scalability though this is i find this really interesting you have your main chain you have your hub it's being validated by 175 validators okay uh you have your other hub and what is a validator really doing they're like running a server in a data center somewhere and it's talking to these other servers
0: mm-hmm. you can
1: have another server everyone can have another server right? Just like validating all of that stuff too, right? Mm -hmm. It just needs to be like the same validator operating it. And then if there's a third chain, they can add another server. And so each of these things can be its own discrete thing, right? Um, And the only cross communication that needs to happen is IBC related transactions. Mm. Um, and, uh, And so to the degree that that's scalable, then you're good.
0: Okay. I see what you're saying. And it doesn't, in like in terms of actual cost, right? Would mm-hmm. that if there are an abundance of blockchains, right? Like, does that make the cost prohibitive to to start launching these chains because you have to validate each one, or like, what is? Yeah. You know, so each
1: each chain needs to make it worth the validators' while, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, it's not super expensive to run a you know tenderman based like proof of stake, right? Yeah, like, yeah. It's you know. It's like this- it, probably hundreds of dollars. Year, or right? yeah. yeah, you, you yeah. can use. It's not even a GPU at all, right? It's a little, mm. like you could use a Raspberry Pi for. Mm. Like, I, there are people, you know, staking on ETH that that are running Raspberry Pis, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it's just like a little bit of electricity, right? Um, you you know, so it's not that expensive from an electrical perspective. Someone does have to pay them, right? Um, and that that's that gets a little bit complicated because. Basically the hub needs some, Cosmos is all about putting stuff on chain. Like that's their, that's their core thing. Like, especially in Atom 2.0, it's like, let's get everything on chain. Right. Mm. Um, So one thing that they're trying to put on chain is like the currency uh, conversion rates of like how much of a given. So let's say you and I want to like launch our, you know, decent chain. Right, and we want to inherit the security Never. from. We want interchange security from the Cosmos Hub. <laughs> um, we we need to pay them something, right? We could pay them mm. USDC. We could pay them Atom if we wanted to, right? We could also pay them decent token, but they're going to need to like go in and, and approve like the um the currency exchange rate effectively, or like the the minimum like fee that they're willing to accept like per block or whatever in order to actually step in and validate that. Mm, that would and, be some
0: kind of constant. Constant rate. What? It's
1: it's governance driven, so it's got to be like I think it's got to be like a vote for every. I mean, you can imagine it could get algorithmic, but like that's so dangerous, right? Uh, yeah. I would imagine the way it works out is it winds up being USDC.
0: Mm, that yeah, that would okay. be
1: my that would that would that's how I would do it, right? Um, and uh, you know, then you just have to have like how much USDC uh, do I need in order to like accept this as like a a chain that I will provide security to. Mm, um yeah the reason you need to have everybody on the same page here and you you can't just have this like opt in opt out thing and the reason that like the validators need to all agree that they're going to do something is because their stake can actually get slashed their stake can get on on the hub can get slashed by any of the like consumer chains right um so decent chain if it gets approved and someone like messes with the consensus on our chain we can slash them, um, and that slash will be like honored on the main Cosmos hub. Um, I see, so it gets like really like it, I don't want to say centralized, but but it's effectively like not very flexible, right? Where it really does have to be every validator validating every child chain or every mm. you know inheriting chain,
0: yeah. No, I, um, I see what you mean there, um, and then so. Okay, so that that's interchange security, right? Like yeah. that's that's kind of the core concept of it. That's how it's going to work. That's, you know, why it exists. Are there any other points you think that are relevant for interchange security that we need to touch on before we move on?
1: Uh no, I I think um I I think we'll we'll come back to this in like five minutes. Let's just cover like one other concept quickly, uh, which mm-hmm. is liquid staking, right? Yeah, so you um, mentioned
0: this very briefly. Um, what exactly is liquid staking? Because to many people, they hear about liquid staking and it's like, well, this already exists. Like I can do ETH, you know, like it's uh, steeth, like it's it's a liquid mm-hmm. staking token, like isn't isn't it like? Yeah,
1: so Cosmos' uh, like thesis on liquid staking is that this makes so much sense that basically all of the native tokens should be staked. Now, remember, Atom's not used as a gas token, right? um i mean i don't i'm pretty sure it's not uh uh now now everyone's gonna yell at me um Mm -hmm. but it's it's basically useful for nothing right um and it doesn't need to be useful for anything other than providing security to to this like cosmos ecosystem right i would almost call it the country now so if we have the cosmos universe right or like world right Mm -hmm. the the, cosmos universe the Cosmoverse, um, like we, we also have like the United Chains of Cosmos, right. Uh, where like, they're all using the same validator set in this vision. They have this interchain security, right. And so it's, it's a little bit like the same legal system, right. Uh, like sort of ruling over the land. Um, and, uh, and so if you think about like the, you know, the, the model here, right. Uh, the, that, like you. Sorry, I, for, I actually forgot why I was even talking about that. Liquid staking, <laughs> um, liquid staking. Their vision is that like the the native atom token just provides security for that cosmos country. That's why I was talking about this. Mm, right. Um, okay. So uh, so then you know today, if you think about like the cosmos issuance, right? They're mm-hmm. they're basically on a on an exponentially increasing issuance schedule it's okay. about 1% of the of the existing supply gets minted every month and given to the validators as a reward for like providing security right
0: okay i see uh, and that's capped that's, at some point in the future
1: well it's 1% compounding and it's unlimited
0: Oh, it's unlimited. Interesting. Yeah, that's
1: the, the key thing is it's this exponential unlimited print, right?
0: Mm. Um, mm. Nice, I mean, nice. May, maybe
1: there's ostensibly a cap, but it, under the current system, it would just get voted that, that it
0: would increase, right? Um, we don't need a Fed coin. We already have Adam.
1: <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, like one interesting thing is how is this like determined? How is the issuance determined? Because it's not just like chosen randomly. Basically, there's a target and the the cosmos devs say look like there's a trade-off between security and liquidity right like we need we need the token to be liquid and like tradable on some places because it's one way it's one primary way that people enter the ecosystem today right Mm -hmm. we need the atom token to be on we need some of it to be on exchanges we need some of it to be for otc trading whatever um and so today like two thirds is like this, like they, they want roughly two thirds to be the amount that gets staked. So they have this like target staking percentage. Um, and when it goes below that, they increase issuance. So if, you know, only 50% of in existence is staked, they'll say, yeah, 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 we're increasing issuance, get your, get your tokens like back and staked again. Uh, I and, see. It, and if, if it goes above that, they'll reduce the new issuance, um, in mm-hmm. order to incentivize people to take it out and like put it somewhere where it can generate yield better uniswap or whatever right Mm -hmm. um so um so you know that's sort of been like their approach to date uh on on issuance right with liquid staking um the 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 move the the picture of the world changes where they're saying look if you have liquid staking then you have plenty of liquidity for everything right um and so what you can do is you can have um you can have staked atom tokens be like the primary, like most liquid form of entering the ecosystem. That go, okay. That's the one that gets put on exchanges. That's the one that gets put on in Uniswap, right? Um, why wouldn't you have a hundred percent effectively of your native token staked?
0: Mm. Okay, it's I see. It's pretty
1: interesting, right? Um, yeah. So uh and in order to do that though, they need interchange security. So it all sort of builds, right? So the reason you need interchange security for liquid staking is because it's a thing that needs to inherit the same knowledge that the hub has. It needs to inherit the same validator set as the hub. It basically needs the same security guarantees as the hub.
0: That's mm. the idea. So, okay, so I see.
1: Yeah. So the hub will issue like IOUs, right? And initially they're non-fungible, which is very interesting. So let's say you you stake a little bit, right? Uh, You stake a little bit of your Atom uh, and you get this like IOU, say it's like a hundred Atom or something. Um, You can then take that over IBC to one of these shared security chains, right? And those chains will be operated by liquid staking providers. And they'll say, yeah, we'll honor that and give you a fungible token in exchange. That represents like your your stake, right? So mm. the the vision is to have multiple liquid token like chains that are taking these non fungible things and turning them into fungible representations. So you might have one where it's like super decentralized, permissionless, like not KYC whatever. But you might have another one, another liquid staking provider chain where all, like it's like super institutional, and you have to be like KYC to use it or whatever. Um, and so their vision for the world is you have, like, if you have that competition, then you're not going to be, like, sacrificing, you know, like, it's a race to the bottom in terms of, like, the cut that these providers take, right? Mm. Um, and so you're not really going to be sacrificing anything in the long run by just, like, having your Atom staked. So staking so, the Atom. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, so they want to commoditize staking in a way Yeah. where everybody can get involved. Um, it, in a way, it is the same vision as the Lido staked ETH model but they don't want it to go through something like Lido and where Lido is then sending it to whichever, you know, validators they delegate it to whichever validators they want. They want it to be where you can then go with whichever liquid staking provider you choose. The whole point being if the whole, if the whole chain is staked, basically, the whole concept of staking the whole like process of staking the whole business of staking becomes commoditized and that provides an easier access point um and yeah, exactly. that that same token that stakes token will be represented as a tradable asset on exchanges um in the same kind of easy way um, but that's what they're solving for and now let's say 100%, let's say they implement this 100% of the um, supply is staked. What does that do for the chain or for the hub, like for the ecosystem? Like what what exactly does that do? Does that provide a greater level of security? Does that like just make it cheaper for people to stake their assets? Does that like, what exactly is going on here? Does that make it so that like everybody can get yield? um, on, you know, like staking rewards rather than just, um, you know, one group or something like that. Um, what, what exactly is the vision? So what they're getting at is today,
1: uh, you have like a pretty high opportunity cost of staking, right? If you think about your opportunity cost, it's like, you could put it in DeFi, right? You could, you know, lend it out to a market maker. Um, you know, the staking rewards rate needs to compete with all of the opportunity costs of Adam. Right, Uh, of having like native atom, like unstaked Mm. atom, and so for that reason they have to have like this like exponential issuance of like roughly one percent monthly because that's you know generally the market the the going rate for like what it's worth to have atom unstaked. Mm. Um, Maybe you know you could even think of it as maybe it's a borrow cost, right? Like maybe people out there want to short atom and so they're willing to borrow it from you at one percent monthly, like. For whatever reason, that just is the like, um, the opportunity cost of, of staking. Um, when 100%, we, thanks to Interchain Security, we can have liquid staking. Thanks to liquid staking, we can have 100% of atoms staked, right? Mm-hmm. In like a relatively decentralized way. Um, and so, uh, you know, then we can have, then we can substantially cut issuance, the idea being that you can still take your staked atom and put it in DeFi or wherever, right? Um, but uh, or you know lend it out on chain and or off chain or put it in the you know centralized exchanges, but you can still earn you know whatever yields you know whatever block rewards or whatever um, that you would that you would earn otherwise. So that's sort of the idea is. Atom is currently like a super highly, a relatively highly inflationary token. It's not om, right? But uh, it's 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 relatively highly inflationary, and these steps make it possible for all of the atom to just get staked. At which point, um, you know, like there was one really good quote from the white paper. So it's like if you think about it today, like staking rewards are a value transfer, right, from holders of like the unstaked atom to the staked atom holders, right? Right. But at a hundred percent of atoms being staked, like there's no dilution. There's none of that value transfer happening. Mm -hmm. Um, And so what do the validators get becomes the next question.
0: Okay. I see. Um, So that's, that's, that's the whole point there. Um, The whole
1: point, the whole point is to reduce atom issuance because it's inflationary and that's been like driving prices down and we, we like it when the number goes up.
0: Hmm. Okay. Now we're getting to the crux of the issue. <laughs> um. Okay. Cool. That all makes sense. Liquid staking. I feel like I finally understand. Um. Yeah. Okay. Now, do you want to talk about the issuance first, the actual issuance of the token, um, or should we go into um, kind of the rest of the white paper?
1: I think we should. I think we should tackle issuance. We we sort of got into it, which is this idea yeah. that like it's one one percent monthly, right? Yeah. Um. Today and you know going forward the plan is uh, a couple of things right so there's going to be two two kind of phases of this like Mm -hmm. atom 2.0 like tokenomic implementation yeah uh the first one is like a 36 month like decline right so it's just going to decline by like a fixed percent every month for 36 Mm -hmm. months Mm -hmm. until it hits this like long-term steady state inflation rate um initially when the Cosmos 2.0 white paper came out or Atom 2.0 white paper came out, it was going to be like 0%, right? Like mm-hmm. no, no inflation. Uh, but since then the community kind of pushed back, you know, it, you know, inflation exists in the regular world. Why not here? Mm-hmm. Um, it just might cause like bugs down the line. Let's instead make it some kind of like stable number of tokens that get produced every year. Uh, and then that way it exponentially kind of like declines as a percent increase. Um, yeah. so, uh, so you know that's that's kind of the so that so there's like one phase which is this like transition phase and then there's like the steady state phase as well where like every year some number of tokens are printed. Um, in addition to that though, uh, there's a one-time issuance of atom, uh, and and the current the current proposal is for four million atom. Is it four? Or, four million. Yeah. Four, yeah, million, 4 million atom. atom. Yeah. Um it's uh, so,
0: about 500 million dollars. Um okay, hold on. So I think those numbers might be a little mismatching. So it's either 40, I think it's 40 million, million Adam? Yeah, I think it's it's 40, it's 40 million. million. Yeah. Yeah. Um so, so 40 they, million Adam, but mm-hmm. real quick, is this Adam being printed as a part of this upgrade um yeah. minted and distributed to the community pool then? Yeah, so
1: um so the way it'll work is it'll be in like 10 tranches and like mm-hmm. through governance voting, they can vote to like activate one and distribute 4 million at a
0: time. I see. Okay, that makes sense.
1: Uh, um, and and the idea here is to incentivize like development because you need like some development of like interchain security, of liquid staking, of like all this all this upgraded code, right? And it's good to have a little bit of money to just like pay for shit, right? Mm. Um, and historically, Cosmos really hasn't had any money to pay for shit. Mm. Uh, like they, they have a community pool, it's got a little bit of money, they made some investments, but but it really hasn't been like a, a main part of the storyline the way that it has been for like Polygon or Avalanche or whoever, Nier, right? Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, Ethereum, right?
0: I know.
1: Yeah, and so, you know, they wanna like raise a little bit of funds and I would say that like 550 million for, you know, the community pool is not a super crazy number, right? Like this is about what Polygon raised in their like strategic round, right? Um, it's like a little bit higher, I think, than Aptos raised. Mm. I, I, did they raise 300 or was it at a 300 valuation? I can't remember. Aptos?
0: Yeah. I think they raised 300.
1: Yeah. Um, so, you know, like it's, this is not like that far out of line. Um, yeah.
0: Um,
1: That's the plan with issuance. Does, does that make sense?
0: That does make sense. Um, These are some nice, nice. uh, I mean, okay. So a a lot of people are looking at this as like, okay, this is going to pump the price of Adam uh, at some point, but there's obviously this big uh, kind of, I don't know, dump of tokens incoming, like just a ton of tokens that have also been created um, that are going to be distributed. And you know people need to spend that money and pay people, um, so uh, I think there's a counterbalancing effect there as well. Um, yeah, you can definitely make the argument that like
1: this is bearish for a couple of reasons, right? So, um, so the first is yeah, like there's this there's this like large amount of potential unlocked tokens that, that might be coming mm-hmm. down the line from a relatively mm-hmm. decentralized community. It's not like it's got an LLC behind it to like necessarily in, ensure that like people are spending this money effectively. Right. It might just, it might just get dumped. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and moreover, I think it's a touch short sighted to assume that you hit a hundred percent staking. Right. Uh, like like Because there's still an opportunity cost, right? Of like holding out of staking atom versus like staking it and taking the liquid, you know, token or you know, taking the the liquid stake derivative and putting it into a centralized exchange. There's like you know you 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 like fracture your liquidity a little bit, right? Um, Like if you have multiple liquid staking providers, then like I don't know, do I want Lido staked, you know, atom or do I want Coinbase staked atom or what, right? Um, it's a little bit better than it is on Ethereum just because like on Ethereum today, like you can't like withdraw, right? Where, uh, you know, you can't unstake. Um, Whereas on Atom, you can, right? Um, And and so, you know, I think it's going to be like a market for like, you know, one of these things is like more commoditized than the others, right? One of these things is more standardized and it's got the Lindy effect and whatever. Um, And it, it just feels to me like, it's a little naive to assume that everybody just stakes it. Um, and, yeah. uh, and so, you know, at that rate, you kind of have to wonder, like, are we going to be are, are they under incentivizing staking um, at whatever like steady state rate of like token printing they, they come to terms with? Um, or is it, you know, so what, it what
0: exactly is the issue, though? Yeah, so mm-hmm. what would be the issue, though, if people don't stake, right? Like, is, is there a problem there? Um, like, wh- what kind of issues would that lead to? Uh,
1: so the the reason that you need everything staked is, um, uh, yeah, I, well, um, I don't know. It's almost circular, right? Because if you assume that everybody stakes, then it's like, great, everyone's going to get the same rate of return on their liquid staked derivatives or whatever. You know, at that point, that's the game. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Um, and you know, it no longer becomes about like, like the staking part almost gets like abstracted away and it gets a lot easier psychologically yeah. to, to come to terms with the fact that like the staked atom is no longer yielding the same, uh, amount, at least an atom denominated, by like new, new, mm-hmm. ranking, right. Um, yeah. but, uh, I- if you assume that like not a hundred percent gets staked, right? Then you might have like, you know, like a big part of like the reason that they see this coming to fruition is that like, they don't think atoms going to be the way that people enter the ecosystem. It's not going to be the token you buy on the centralized exchange to like bridge over. They think it's going to be like liquid stake derivatives or like stable coins, right? Which I think is reasonable. I think it's going to be like USDC, right? Um, mm. But as a as a result of that, right? Like that can only really come to fruition if like those markets are as liquid or more liquid than like the Atom markets, which already exist. Right. And it's gonna mm. like definitionally it's hard to make the liquid stake derivatives markets more liquid than than Atom, right? Um, and so the only way that this works is uh is if these it is if like payments come in to the to the stakers that are high enough that make it worth it to like all right, all right, I'll stake. Right, because they're, they're effectively going to be issuing a call to the community, like everybody, take your tokens, right? Um, so that like we can come yeah. to this new reality where like all this other shit's liquid, right? Um, mm. But uh, mm. but if they if they don't hit that, then it's you know, and and it's not the most organized community. It might it might be hard for them to hit that. Uh, then yeah. then you know, it's really hard to say. It might just like totally dry up liquidity for Atom and dry up liquidity for the native tokens and like make it like a shitty user experience.
0: Um, uh, yeah, my bet is that the latter happens. Um, but I think that things just move on, you know, like, it's like anybody who's super economically incentivized is going to stake long-term. I think also this is kind of where the market will come in and just make it really easy to create this like staking or just like, I don't know, maybe the exchanges do it themselves. Um you know, if the cosmos team was good, if the BD team is good, they'll be working with exchanges to, uh, I don't know which exchanges offer native atom, but you know, they'll we, they should be working with the exchanges to offer like liquid staking natively on the platforms themselves, um, or having the exchanges be, um, you know, liquid staking providers. Um, so. Yeah, yeah, these are all things point. I would do.
1: Coinbase so, will probably offer it, right? Like
0: I would bet. Um like, you know, buy some trials. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So and you can already stake um, your atom there.
1: But um, yeah. so you know, the the core of like why the like, the look like, the issue, right, is that if you don't have enough staked, then it becomes cheap to attack the the network.
0: Mm. Yeah 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 yeah. i see
1: like you need some um, stake. like there's a reason they're targeting right. two-thirds today um
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: so why don't we get into like you okay know, so if...
0: <clears throat> yeah i was gonna say let's <laughs> let's let's get into a couple more things here um yeah yeah, you yeah there's go one for there's
1: one core one and then one like kind of like side one um so so the mm-hmm. the core one is uh you know if we're no longer printing new uh you can think of it like block rewards right like they're not really printing new atom anymore it's a it's as if we mm-hmm. fast forwarded bitcoin to like the end state where like transaction fees have to like feed the <laughs> feed the miners right um yeah and uh you know with bitcoin we have this luxury of like that's a long ways away but with atom if we're gonna do this we need to think about it like today right if we're gonna like substantially change the new the new token issuance um and mm-hmm. so, how are the validators going, how are you going to incentivize them to provide security for the blockchain is the idea, right? Um, mm. So, and, you know, look, like, ultimately, like, the value of a token, of a native token, if you're no longer printing new ones, should come from, like, whatever kind of reward they're getting. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? Like, is it
0: not present value? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right, so, right. Um, so, in some way, they, like, there has to be something that like like the incentive structure, like there's gotta be some incentive, right? If there's it's it's not new new tokens, it's gotta come from somewhere, which is, you know, like there's gas fees and Ethereum. There's, you know, the, the incentive is is something, right? So what what is yeah. that what does that look like?
1: So there's um there's transaction fees and there's base base fees, I guess. And you know, there's all sorts of different mm-hmm. structures you could take. But if you think about if you think about interchain security. Like if you and I spin up decent chain, we're gonna have to pay a little bit to the validators to thank them for providing that interchain security, whether it's in our native token or in like USDC or Atom or whatever, right? For us, uh that's the cost of of getting that security. Uh it's like paying our taxes to live in the in the Cosmos nation, right? Um mm-hmm. There's another aspect, though, which is sort of you know vibes with the cosmos, cosmos ethos of wanting to put just like everything on chain, um, which is MEV. So um, for those listeners that are that are new here, um, definitely check out our MEV deep dive. It was decent, <laughs> um, and it was uh, decent. <laughs> um, and you know we can just like quickly you know like anytime you're you have the right to make a block. Um, you have the right to like some kind of like economic reward, right? So you got like, maybe it's like, just like arbitraging across, you know, two exchanges. Maybe it's like liquidating like a loan that's like able to be liquidated. Uh, You know, maybe it's sandwich attacking, maybe it's playing your favorite blockchain game a little bit faster than the next guy. So you get like a little bit more points. Um, Anytime you have the right to like choose the order of things happening, there is some value there. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And so uh, Cosmos has said, look, these markets already exist. So on Ethereum, there's, like, uh, there's a marketplace called Flashbots, right, where uh, people can, can uh, place bids effectively on how much it's worth it for them to be able to make the next block or to mm-hmm. choose the contents of the next block, the ordering of transactions, mm-hmm. all of that. Um, and so currently this is all happen- happening off chain which makes it a little more opaque, a little bit like more like ripe for centralization or political risk or what have you. Right. Um, and so, you know, censorship, right. Cause the creating the contents of the box is like where censorship can happen, like the most easily. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so cosmos has said, look, let's just put this on chain. So the, the way it's going to work, see. uh, yeah, the uh, the, uh, before we get into the way it's gonna work, does that make sense? yeah (laughs) okay uh the the way it's gonna work and this is so crazy so um each of the like child chains is going to have like an auction for upcoming blocks so they they have a and and each block the right to create that block is represented as an nft Mm. so yeah interesting isn't this crazy yeah (laughs) so um this is cool (laughs) So there's a core scheduler chain. It issues these NFTs, right? Um, and then these new blocks. and because you have the same validator set like running all of the same validation on all of these different chains, you can have like stuff mm-hmm. crazy stuff like this. So um, so the scheduler chain, uh, you know, like we have our decent chain, right? And you know, maybe we don't want to auction off all the box space, because as you auction off all the box space, that's where censorship can like really totally happen. Like if right, you want right. to like nation state attack a chain you don't need to buy enough tokens to displace the validators or whatever right it, like historically it's been like you need to buy so much hardware to like run your so many bitcoin miners to like stop yeah bitcoin. yeah you need to buy so much eth to stop eth right um you don't really need that much in order to like effectively stop you know or like substantially reduce the usability of, of a blockchain here because you're just gonna pay just as much as like the next block is worth for eternity and that value goes down the more you like make empty blocks right so um there's a huge amount of censorship risk as soon as you start to like allow for a hundred percent of these things to get built or to get, to get sold. Right. I see. Um, but you could say like, look, I'm going to, I'm going to auction off every 10th one or something. Right. Uh, or I'll auction off Mm. 48% of my upcoming hundred blocks. Right. And the way they see this happening is Mm. they're like rolling auctions. So it'll be like, all right, of the next hundred blocks, you can have the even numbers and you know, anybody who wants to bet on even numbers is welcome to do so. Uh, then, Mm. uh, then, you know, when it comes time for that block number, you know, you're waiting for someone to claim to redeem that NFT. Uh, and I guess if a certain number of seconds pass or whatever, uh, then it just like it just gets burned or whatever. Um. Mm. So what's interesting about making these NFTs is you can have secondary markets, too. Right. So, um, you know, th- this is where like if you were trying to like actually do like MEV, this is where you how you would do it. You would have... um. You know, uh, someone would pay the minimum viable amount for a block that's like 20 blocks from now. And then 19 blocks from now, you're going to say, all right, anybody that wants this, if you're willing to pay me more than I paid for it, you can have it. And if you're like uh, one of these people that's looking for MEV opportunities, that's how how you're going to get in um okay. so they're they're secondarily tradable too which is absolutely bonkers the right to make the block <laughs>
0: um, it's super uh, funny because it's like if you look at the history of you know financial markets and stuff like a lot of derivatives come about just out of convenience and out of like you know like financialization right like you have some kind of asset like this is why commodities markets exist this is why a lot, most derivatives markets exist and like we're in real time seeing new derivatives markets get created. And I think stuff like this is so much cooler than like try like trying to build the exact same financial markets on chain, where this is literally using new technology to represent things that are happening on chain and create markets out of them. Um, and so... I don't really, like, this is all going to come down to user demand and how much people actually use the chain and, like, how much, like, people, like, how much the block space is actually worth. Like, does that create a robust uh, secondary market for these NFTs, right? That's what it's going to come down to. And we'll be able to track that. and We'll be able to see, like, what happens. But I think it's a super fascinating idea. And it's, it's it's, like, one of the one of the things that i've seen that is a core kind of building block that is native to the new technology itself um which i think is is awesome so um i, yeah, I completely I think this agree this is really, it's like yeah
1: i i love new things that are on chain things right like as opposed mm-hmm. to like real world assets in defi or whatever like this is so much more interesting because it, it really is yeah. new yeah
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, and like uh, it really couldn't exist any other way. Um so I think that's very cool. Yeah. Um, uh, and
1: and it allows for a couple of things, right? So so the first is it creates a new revenue stream. It creates a revenue stream that's like more transparent, more direct, right? And you and you can use it to like redirect it however you want. So today the payments are going to like the the validators, right? On say uh Ethereum, right? Uh you have flashbots, you know, somebody says, Hey, take this block and I'll pay you 20 bucks to like, make it the the next block. Right. Um, and that individual validator pockets that here you can, um, you can distribute it like a little bit more fairly, which is good, right? So, you know, in the long, long run, yeah, on average, every block will have some average like value, right, uh, but today it's it's super staggered. Like every once in a while someone like sends a transaction without like setting their slippage on Uniswap and like they get like super wrecked and yeah. you know, one MEV bot makes a ton of money. Um, not every mm-hmm. block has the same value is, is the idea. Um, and so on Ethereum, there's no way to like, To, like, you know, make that value accrue to a smaller staker, right? Because they're just going to have, like, you know, as you take fewer samples, that randomness gets worse, right? Yeah, Um, I see. Whereas on Cosmos, you can just have it redirect. You can have it redirect Mm. to be paid out the exact same way that, like, you know, inflation is paid out or whatever. Um, I see. So that's pretty cool. Right. Uh to because it's natively on chain, you can do more interesting things like
0: that. Mm, Um Yeah, that is super cool.
1: And you can also redirect the treasury, right, to the community pool. Um, which the which is definitely part Mm. part of the proposal too.
0: Yeah. So do you see a lot of like MEV players moving to Cosmos in the future? Um I mean well so
1: you hit the nail on the head, which is that it's going to depend on usage. And, like, there's just mm-hmm. very, very little MEV opportunity on on yeah. across the Cosmos universe today, let mm-hmm. alone the Cosmos Nation, which is, like, a, you know, a smaller group. Yeah, right? yeah.
0: Um, right.
1: But, uh, you know, you can see some interesting tech use at- cases, right, where, like, yeah. maybe I want to get five blocks in a row for some reason right? Mm. I can do that here and I can be guaranteed to do that here. Whereas like with something like Flashbots, I never know who's going to be making the next block. Here I can actually Uh, get five in a row if they're for sale. Mm. Or if I want to get one on one chain at one block height and then I want to get one on another chain like two blocks later for some reason, I can do that too, right? Um, I can do Mm. like multi-hop like transactions if if I wanted to, like using IBC, there's just a lot more interesting stuff you can do when everyone's on the same page and that's what interchange security does for you
0: Mm, that's very cool this is like it's one of those things that is very consistent with cosmos is that they build really amazing tech that is definitely going to be implemented whether it's there or somewhere else um and it's, it, we're at a point now with Adam 2.0, I mean, at least this is the vision where all this stuff they've been building, all these kind of different component parts, that could all be coming together now in the next, in next year or so. Um And that could lead to just a whole wave of new applications and new, like, I mean, with the primitives, like, this is almost like a new primitive, right, that they've built that can then be built upon and people will build other cool shit, like, on top of that. So... Um, once all of this gets tied together, like the vision here is that it could lead to this whole explosion of new applications, even new primitives that, um, bring on new users and like brings on a lot more activity. Um, so that's the vision here. And, um, I think all of this is kind of, it, it's tying together in, in certain ways. It is. Um, it's, so... um, uh,
1: I, I would uh okay, well, we should sorry, we should quickly talk about the allocator because this is like the one mm-hmm. part that people are like, yeah, not super fully on board with uh, mm-hmm. basically, you know, they have this vision, right, um where they do tie together and they do bring people in and they have this good tech, but they need to like somehow get people building on it, as you were saying, right, um and so they they have this notion of something called the allocator where. Uh it it puts it's all about just putting stuff on chain. I love I love this, yeah. right? So um mm-hmm. so the first thing that it puts on chain is it makes it really easy to do bilateral DAO-driven agreements, which is why. Mm. Uh and and so um in, in practice, what that might look like is like you got like, you know, Cosmos Hub DAO uh wants to like provide a grant in Cosmos Tokens uh of like lock tokens that vest over a certain period of time to like some developer to build out their DAO that developer will in turn provide a locked grant of tokens that best out over some time of their token, right? Um, and it almost looks like on-chain VC, right? Mm. Uh, or like on-chain ecosystem development, as opposed to like yeah. today, it's primarily off-chain, right? It's like, you know, whatever foundation signing like off-chain agreements with whatever developers, right? Um, mm-hmm. So that's that's effectively what the allocator does. Uh, and And part of what it's meant to do is bring applications native tokens into the Cosmos hubs treasury. Right. And to make it so that each, uh, each of the like projects that like they incentivize, like they, they have partial ownership of it as well. Diversifying Mm -hmm. the, diversifying the, the treasuries holdings, if you will. Um, that way success for any one of these like sub projects accrues a little bit of value back to Cosmos, back to the atom.
0: Got you. Okay. Um. And why are people not as on board with this?
1: Uh, it doesn't make a ton of sense. It's like,
0: yeah, how are you yeah. gonna pick?
1: It, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's it's just like unnecessary. It, you know, everything else sort of fits together in a relatively necessary way. This is like mm. separately a proposal for like a a specific like sub use or yeah sub use of funds right? Or like subcase of like ways that you would like, you know, everyone's kind of broadly in agreement that like the community pool distribution is a good idea, that Cosmos broadly should be like funding shit to get built on here. Um, And, you know, like the, the printing tokens is like not a crazy way of doing it, right? Um, And it's probably got to happen on chain to a degree, right? The, through these like bilateral agreements. That's totally cool. It's just that like in practice, it's like, why would you really, are you really trying to like, you know take on like whatever like sub you know whatever like child chains like native token how you know it's going to be worth anything yeah like makes things like way 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 too complex really what they should be doing is funding this stuff because the more on-chain activity you have the more transaction fees that are going to get sent to your like hub validators right therefore atom token gets more value accrual right yeah but also um but also the more MEV opportunities you get. And so the scheduler like becomes worth more um, and okay. also drives value accrual to the, to the atom stakers, Right.
0: Um, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So those are kind of the core components of the white paper and the changes that are being proposed. Um, again, the timeline for this is tomorrow. I mean, this is going up on Sunday. The vote is on Monday, October 31st. Um, we'll see what happens, but those are kind of the, the core proposed changes, correct?
1: Yeah. Those are, those are sort of the core components for sure.
0: Okay. Now, Matt, what I really am interested in is what do you think about all this, right? Like (laughs) if the core, core, why does this exist? Right? Like that's, that's the fundamental question of our podcast. Why does this exist? right? It seems like there's a couple things, right? One is to make the token a little bit more valuable to, you know, provide more security, um, make it easier for people to launch chains, um, make it uh, easier for users to get in the ecosystem. Kind of the, the, the end goal here is we want to bring more users in. We want to bring more applications in. We want to make it easier for applications to get built, what is your feeling on the effectiveness of their proposed changes? You know, first of all, actually, let's start with, do you think the proposal will go through? Um, and then secondly, what's your take on how effective this will be on a couple of levels? On the technical level, like, uh, you know, is this going to act to like, is interchain security a uh, thing that matters, I guess? Is it going to bring more chains on board like are people going to be incentivized to build uh and does this does any of this really even matter and bringing new new users on board um and yeah i'll just leave you with those like 20 questions <laughs>
1: uh okay yes i think it will go through this is an enormous tokenomic adjustment right think about one percent monthly like inflation going to like you know, I think roughly zero, like, you, you know, it rounds out to roughly zero, right? Like, uh, yeah. and 1% is exponential too. Right. Whereas like this will round out to like a flat number that's like exponentially decreasing as a percent of the existing supply. Mm-hmm. Right.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is enormous. That is a huge change to the economic policy. Right. It takes Adam, the atom token from a token that was meant to, bootstrap right and create like all of this tech right and like experiment and like get its name out there um Mm -hmm. which is effectively the phase that like most like uh most like all layer ones are are in right so if you think about avalanche if you think about polygon relatively like high inflation rates and those were meant to sort of like drive adoption you know get their names out there right um incentivize people to come and stake, right uh, and and what what Cosmos is effectively saying is yeah we're mature enough now we don't need that mm, right mm. we're going to we're going to change things right and so they're moving into like effectively the next phase of of Cosmos which is before what you had was you had the the hub and you had like loose trade networks right. Um, if you, if you think about like a seafaring society, right? Like there are, there are trade winds between, between each of them and you can, you can use them to, you know, pass communication through, right? Uh, if they're IBC enabled, you have other nation states that are not IBC enabled, like Polygon, right? Built on Cosmos SDK or like, you know, Luna didn't even implement Cosmos or didn't implement IBC until like relatively close to the end there,
0: right? Earlier this year. Yeah
1: yeah um and so for a while it existed as its own like um it it existed as its own sort of like nation right Uh, as something that was not connected to the broader like trading ecosystem um if you so now now we move into this uh in this next phase where you can think of it as being like the hub growing growing Mm. it's like empire effectively Mm. right this is this is You know effectively they're establishing settlements outposts right where the money has the queen on it right where the Mm -hmm. rule of law is the same right where um where like you know the the police force the military what have you are one right with the with the mother nation um this is completely different right from where it was before they're effectively saying we think that we can have a vibrant ecosystem too. We think it's worth it to print some money, right? To send some people out there and have them, like ex- you know, explore the explore the world and like throw out, throw up these training posts, right? Um, that's the opposite of avalanche, right? So. Cosmos had this 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 vision where they like heavily encouraged individual building like across you know, they they encouraged developers, they encouraged builders to like put shit up there, right? They were saying, look, we'll give you the tech, right? We'll give you, we exist as uh, you know, like there there's a good quote in the white paper where they're like. Cosmos believes in like the supreme like diversity of the human species, and nice. we can't possibly tell we can't possibly give you everything out of the box that we're going to need. We want you to have the tech that you need to build whatever diverse use case you want right uh, and Avalanche has been so completely different right now mm-hmm. it's a similar sort of like uh, proposition. you have a main hub. You have chains they can talk to each other. you have like you know subsets of validators that are they're gonna make their own chains but with with avalanche, they're trying to go like without real like nobody builds on avalanche without just deploying to avalanche mm-hmm. right whereas you can build on cosmos yeah. you you know avalanche doesn't have this s d k like to it right i'm I'm sure they have one I'm sure it's open source, but like nobody builds on avalanche you build on cosmos right and and so They've been able to create like, you know, like, uh, are they going to get, be able to get people to spin up chains on shared security? Absolutely. Right. Uh, tons of people are going to, are going to play around with this. It's, it's relatively straightforward and easy. And for a lot of developers, it, there, it's like muscle memory deploying a Cosmos SDK chain. Right. Whereas if you want to deploy an avalanche, like Supernet, right. You need to basically call Ava Labs, right. Mm-hmm. And you need to say, Hey. Like, show me how to do this. And like, yeah, I need a loan of like however many AVAX tokens to spin up my validators or whatever, right? Um, now, obviously there's going to be some friction with, with Cosmos too, because they do need to get every validator on board with this. But if Lido comes to them and says, hey, are you guys down to like validate my like liquid staking like chain uh, under interchain security? I'll pay you a little bit of staking rewards. Uh, they'll say, yeah, of course, right? Um, and so it, it's it's a complete paradigm shift of... Of the hub being just like the asset registry of the IBC network, to being its own nation state, its own empire, right within the broader universe of of cosmos, like uh, the Internet of blockchains. Um, mm. Yeah. So that that's my that's that's my overall takeaway. Now, do I think they're going to be successful in every end of this? Like, no. Um, <laughs> uh, I think, I think the primary thing that's going to be really hard is the fact that like, they need every validator to like, they need every child chain to be validated by the same, like, but same validators. Yeah. That's a pretty high bar,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, like it's not really permissionless in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Uh, but you know, you might get enough where there's like one EVM one, right? There's one like Cosmos and compatible one. There's one for NFTs and like you, you figure it out from there. Okay.
0: Well, uh, that's a pretty optimistic outlook still. Like it, that's a good outcome for the Cosmos ecosystem. I think that it builds on a lot of the things that they've already um, been working on. And this is the thing that really is going to tie all that together and I'm like you, I'm relatively bullish um I think that this could bring a lot of this could incentivize a lot of people to build um which the incentive wasn't necessarily there before. Um, so I, I, I don't necessarily know that it's there now, actually, you know, um, I just think that I, I think the timing is good,
1: right? The timing to do this now is like well-chosen actually to so like, cause who owns Adam that hasn't already sold, like if you're going to sell it, you, just, you you know, you probably already sold it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> Um. Uh, yeah, so I do think that initially, like I don't know about the price of the token, I could see it going down quite a bit further, but I do think this will incentivize developers to come on board and if that happens, I do think that with a lot of the other things like liquid stake, like interchain security and then liquid staking, like that creates a nice flywheel. So, um, you know, if you're really trying to bootstrap the ecosystem, you know, you start with the builders, which then brings users, which then brings people to hold and stake the token. And, you know, that creates this whole flourishing ecosystem. So I think that if I'm, you know, if I'm bullish on any kind of like big, like modular blockchain design ecosystem, however you would call it, it's probably the cosmos ecosystem more than any other one. Um, you probably can't comment too much on that, but, um, I think it's very interesting what they're doing and I like a lot of the changes from a technical level. We'll probably do a follow-up at some point after this proposal goes through um, and maybe like in another month or so after some of the, some of the changes, some of the things start to play out. Um, But I think this is a good place to leave it. I mean, this is very fascinating stuff.
1: Yeah. It's um, the, the one, the one thought that like I haven't fully completed, right. That, that, I would love to like get your take on, or like leave leave this with is just like, what does it mean to have multiple blockchains that have the exact same validator set? You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, yeah. Is that is that a substantially different proposal to having bigger blocks? You, you, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, mm-hmm.
1: Like like there's something unsettling about having you know, multiple chains that are just being validated by the exact same validator set. Yeah.
0: I think uh, especially could be when some... that validator
1: set is fixed in size.
0: Right? right, exactly. There could be some interesting implications around censorship still, I think, where it's like, if it is like 175 is not that massive of a validator set, you know? So, um, yeah. I do think there, I do think a lot of this is pretty far away in the sense that I don't think it'll be tested for a while. You know, like most of this is probably just theoretical for a long time where it's like multiple chains being validated by the same validator set. Well, you know, it's all going to be chains that are like, literally these people all probably know each other for the next like year or two. And then it'll be all like community (laughs) funds and like all this kind of stuff. So like, it's not really going to be tested for a while, which is why I think Ethereum will be king for a long time. But, um, I think it's a really good point you bring up like i and i don't think we'll really know for yeah quite some time yeah well that was a good one man it's we we pushed this longer than most of our last other ones so i like that uh, it's big <laughs> i probably could have gotten probably could have gone double this length but we'll save it for part three mm-hmm. this has been part two of the cosmos deep dive adam 2.0 our first episode in a month Matt, it's been an absolute pleasure being back with you. It will be back later on this week with a recap of everything that happened. Until then, stay decent.
1: Uh, None of this was financial advice, legal advice, investment advice, or any other kind of advice. Uh, If you're looking for advice, you are definitely in the wrong place. Uh, Until next time, stay decent.